Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation, and this is a show where I talk about, about what's new in industrial automation. I hope you had a great weekend and your week is off to a great start. I'm just going to take a moment here to uh, switch over to the studio board here, make sure the audio is working, the visuals look good. Um, looks like we're ready to go. I see some stuff off the side there that needs to be cleaned up, but in any case, busy, busy, busy as always. So let me switch back here to our new uh, streaming software and let's go ahead and get started. And, uh, I want to start by just reminding anybody who's new to the show that every link that we've covered in all 159, 160 episodes, you'll find at automate.news. They're tagged by, um, company and type. So if you're looking for uh, firmware or software downloads from, let's say, Rockwell or Siemens, you can look that up either way right here in the drop-down list. So with that, let's go over to our next item here. And we want to thank Siemens for sponsoring this morning's show um, and making it ad-free. And you can see here I have the unified comfort panels up. We are getting ready. We're in pre-production of some unified comfort panel training over at the automation schools. So... Um, I thought that would be a great page to show here in thanking our sponsor Siemens for making this show ad-free. Uh, from there, we go over our first news story, and this is about uh, the Siemens Cinematics S210 servo drive system. And this is talking about the new V6 software. Now, we talked about the new firmware and software last week, and this is an article kind of explaining what's going on there, what's new and exciting. I believe that this week's podcast, tomorrow at 3.30, will be all about the S210. I believe I have it on my schedule as that being the next one we're releasing. And so if you want to know more about this servo drive from Siemens, check that out or check this article out. Uh, from there, we go over to uh, a press release from Nord. Um, they're going to be showcasing their uh, new or featured product for the uh, processing and package solutions, uh, specifically for poultry and meat processing. This is their versatile, reliable, um, solution. It's a, you can see, if you can't see this, it's a, it's a motor and a uh, gearbox and, um, very modular and designed to be, you know, stainless, hygienic, and, um, perfect for food processing. So from there, we go over to another announcement. Um, this is really Antira featuring their new compact industrial switch line. So you can see it here on the screen. If you're watching, these switches are, um, they're, they're fairly small, not the smallest we've seen, but they're fairly small. And um, it's a new line from Antero, which is a big name in industrial automation switches. And uh, this is the LNPC800G series for anybody listening out there. So if you want to know, know more about that, you can check out this link. From there, we go over to KUKA. They announced a new product, the KR4Tech robotic arm. This industrial robot, uh, they say, delivers... Um, Smaller footprint than the predecessors. I also like that it um, is compatible with their linear unit, the KL4000 linear unit, so it can move back and forth. That you can get this uh, from one and a half to 30 meters. So not only does the robot have its mo range of motion, but it can slide backward and forward up and down the line as well. So if you are using uh, KUKA or you're looking for a robot like this, this is their latest and greatest, the KR4Tech. From there, we go over to a very interesting new product from PNF. Um, we've seen their uh, their um, 
explosion proof rated or you know zone two you know um rated uh cell phones and tablets before but this is a brand new one a brand new tablet this is called their uh powerful and rugged pad x01 p12 tablet now unlike uh, some of the other products we've covered in the past this is a windows 11 tablet using 12th gen um i5 so 14th gen is fairly new right it came out earlier this year or less than a year ago but for industrial ruggedized 12th gen is we're seeing 12th and 13th gen is probably the newest you're going to see out there not seeing a lot of 14th gen in the industrial side yet uh, in any case um, with an i5 12th gen pretty powerful they also say uh, that the windows 11 pro 64-bit os is extremely fast on this i5 so I don't know why they're featuring that. Is Windows 11 faster than Windows 10? I don't know. Um, we use mostly 10 here, although we will be using 11 in our upcoming training courses. Um, in any case, uh, let's see here. Um, it comes with Thunderbolt 4. We covered that last week and how that is the same and different than USB um, 3 and 4. Uh, Intel Wi-Fi 6E and Bluetooth 5.3. So a lot of the latest gens on all that stuff. And... Um, just very impressive 12 inch screen 11.6 inch screen um and uh, like the siemens unit we uh, profiled on the show it can have a barcode reader built in it can have a right high resolution camera built in one of the things i thought though was interesting and i was not able to get this to work on the siemens unit it may have been me but it's uh it, it works with gloves as well right so that resistive touch versus the capacitive touch right so um a lot of a lot of your winter gloves these days have have the uh, the little um, embedded mesh in the fingers so that you can use your cell phone, the uh, the capacitive touch. But when you're using work gloves, you're typically not going to have that, right? So in any case, that's an, and it also supports pens too. So it has a docking station and a lot of neat features. So if you needed a Windows um, tablet, right, and 12 inch, 11.6 uh, inch screen is pretty good. Um, ruggedized, that was also... Uh, uh, zone uh, 2 22 and div 2 compatible then uh, you may want to check this they, they call it ultra thin lightweight for use in hazardous environments so very interesting new product there from pnf from there we go over to our featured product today we're featuring in honor of our sponsor our siemens s7 1200 and 1500 course can't wait till we can add the unified comfort panel course to this and um, we just recorded a podcast with siemens on v19 and so some exciting features in there, both for the PLCs and HMIs. But if you know anybody who needs to learn S7 PLCs, um, 1200, 1500 specifically, please mention the automationschool.com to them. From there, we go into an article from Banner. We do have them scheduled to come back on the show. I'm excited about that. This is a blog about packaging automation revolution, empowering your solutions with Banner. And so this is not an extremely uh, long article, but it talks about uh, simplifying design, reducing complexity, enhancing uh, IIoT, and uh, making your products future ready. So I thought it was an interesting article I wanted to share with you this morning. And from there, another interesting article. This one's from Aviva. You know, last week we covered they had what's new about all their products, it seemed. Last week, well, this week they have a new article called Three Things You Can Do to Get Value from your smart factory and i thought this was interesting because um they kind of go through and talk about hey look a lot of people have tons of data on hard drives 
that needs to be turned into real useful information. And they kind of go through that, talking about connecting it to your operating model, making it scalable. And one of the things they talk about in here too is you have to be able to, the, the information you derive from it has to help you make your operations better, right? If it's not helping you reduce waste, reduce power, um, you know, reduce downtime, uh, increase throughput, increase quality, increase production, then what are you doing, right? What's the point of it all? So in any case, I, I enjoyed the article. I thought they did a great job. We'd love to get somebody from Aviva on the show sometime. Uh, from there, RF Ideas has a, um, a new article out, and I thought this was interesting. We've talked about their products before in keyless um, or passwordless security, where you're using either an ID card or a, a mobile device with, uh, with the correct uh, chipsets built in. And uh, this kind of talks about this, you know, how, more, how it's more secure to have a physical authentication, like a physical key, than having a password, because passwords can be stolen. It's harder for a key to be stolen, especially from those crown princes in the third world who are always sending us emails about, you know, needing a couple dollars or, you know, that we won an inheritance or something. So in any case, um, they make some really good points in here. They talk about three benefits of passwordless security, in, uh, including a better experience from remote employees, um, full regulatory compliance, and a more seamless user experience. So interesting article there from RF Ideas. Now, uh, there was another uh, article out from Pills about their key in pocket system, and I put it next to that last system because there's also industrial solutions to this. I mean, these have been around for a very long time, but you know, you can have a machine where you can actually have a physical key that goes into your, you know, it looks like an, um, you know, a 22 millimeter push button uh, uh, slot. And uh, these keys are designed to, you know, enable or disable functionality. If the operator walks away, he takes his key and then some functionality can be disabled because there's no qualified operator in front of the unit. And so I thought that was interesting. This just popped up today. So I wanted to share that with you as well. There's a lot of uh, links in here to other articles, to videos, and so on explaining the system. We have covered this in the past, but this section was new and featured on their site this morning, so I wanted to share it. Okay, from there we go over to our featured guide today. Over at theautomationblog.com, we have over 1,700 videos and articles. And, uh, you know, last year we took them and made some guides out of them. These are ordered lists of, uh, of uh, the articles and videos we have. And the one I'm featuring today is for the S7-1500, over 40, I think it's over 45, free articles and videos about using the S7-1500. Um, much of it's by yours truly, but some of it's from my, my freelancers who have written some great articles over the years about uh, using uh, SEO language, about, you know, getting started with, uh, with an S7-1200 out of the box, um, other things like, um, you know, using a, uh, a gateway to go between uh, two different subnets and so on. So... Just some great material here. Of course, we've interviewed Siemens quite a bit over the last few years. Um, I think that a number one vendor we've interviewed and um, with Rockwell being two and still trying to reach out to Rockwell, they're going to back on the show. They've Since uh, since the holiday time, they've kind of gone uh, totally silent on us, but we're hoping that uh, they all come back to work and, uh, and we'll come back on the show again. But in any case, um, I'm sure they're very busy with whatever they're working on. From there, we go over to an article from uh, Profi News or PI. Profinet, Profibus International. And uh, this talks about, um, and this is the part two of a series looking at um, Profinet application profiles. Okay, so this goes a little bit deeper into Profinet. And I love how they explain the difference in the recap section, 
how you know you, as long as you support the protocol you can you can um, coexist on the network but then you know if you have a common interface then you can communicate with each other but then if you go a step further and you implement one of their pro, uh, uh, profiles you could either it you know get interchangeability with the product so if one product dies you can replace it with uh, another product maybe from a different vendor and it will still work it'll do everything the same so very interesting uh, technology and uh, for those of you who are using profinet and uh, they also talk about profi energy in this one which i thought was very interesting they were talking about how many automotive companies were seeing that they were only cutting their electricity usage by 50 percent on the weekends when they're not making cars and so initially the thought process was well just shut everything off for the weekend uh, as you know if you're out there in the field um, that could be problems because when everything comes back up, right, some values don't always get restored, right? So um, you're probably not loading off an old program from the double EEPROM. You're probably more advanced than that, right? Or double EEPROM. You can tell I've been working with some legacy products, typically an SD card or compact flash card, typically an SD card or built-in memory these days. But uh, in any case, um, you know, a lot of the operator settings, not everything in your, in your control is going to be set to retentive. A lot of things have to go through a startup mode when they've cycled power to find their position, you know, right? And other things, right? So um, a lot of that stuff is lost when you completely cycle power. So I thought this part of the story was interesting when they're talking about putting the devices into a power saving mode, right? And so they talk about that. It's very interesting, you know, you keep the PLC on, but maybe you can tell your robots, your servos, and your distributed I.O. to go into power saving mode. So not necessarily turn them off and cut power to them but just have them powered down into a sleep mode and so very interesting article there and uh so i wanted to share it with you from there these look like uh, i'm over at the isa's website automation.com and these look like paid placements the first one is uh, time to talk about data quality and ot cybersecurity. and uh this is a short article it was good but it seems like it's leading towards you know the bottom line is it's, you know, if you have a large plant, it's very uh, time consuming to try to keep track of everything that you have on your network, right? You've got to do an audit at some point if you haven't already. And, you know, go, when you go to the zero trust model, you really have to say this device is allowed to talk to this device via this method, right? And so you don't want everybody to have FTP access to everything on the plant floor or HTTP access or, you know, because these, the, these are the ways that hackers can get in and compromise your system. And so it talks about that and goes through how, you know, once you do that audit, it's important that anytime a new device is added that you document it and you set up the settings. And with zero trust, of course, you have to do that because it's a new device added to the network is not going to be allowed to communicate to anything, which is the beauty of it, right? So if somebody's phone gets hacked, right, and they're not allowed on the network, they're still not allowed on the network, even though their phone is hacked. So in any case... Um, I thought that was a very interesting article I wanted to share with you, and it seems like it leads into uh, RadiFlow, which is a company that makes software in this area. From there, we had another one. This is Industrial Ethernet, New Opportunities for TSN-Enabled Devices. This is by Tom Burke, who is part of the TSN, uh, um, I forget what they call it, the uh, TSN organization. Um in any case, it was a pretty good article. I mean, TSN, I think the number one product used in TSN is CC Link, i.e. TSN, which is the uh, Mitsubishi network. And uh, TSN, if you don't know, is time-sensitive networking. And uh, I think you're going to see most uh, vendors adding support for TSN. 
because it is a standard. But uh, you'll see these type of articles uh, pushed by this organization quite often, trying to get, you know, draw awareness, just like you see, you know, pro, uh, proactive articles on Profinet and Ethernet IP and so on, um, Ethercat. So um, in any case, uh, I thought it was an interesting article, which is why I'm including it. But uh, just keep in mind that this is likely a paid uh, placement by uh, that TSN uh, group. Let's see here. Tom Burke is strategic advisor for CLPA Americas. They are the they're um, dedicated to the technical development and promotion of CC Link Open Industrial Network family. So there you go. All right, from there, um, we go over to A3, the Association for Advance and Automation. And again, this looks like another paid placement, but I thought it was interesting. Cobots, the innovative solution to labor shortages. So this is a shorter article, but they made some really good points. They had some very good statistics in here. And uh, they talk about Cobots and how, and we've talked about this a lot in the show, so I won't belabor the point. But if you're looking for some new reading, uh, then it goes into this company that talks about what they do to help people implement these solutions. All right, and now over to DigiKey. It looks like Schneider again has, um, has um, which we just had on the show last week. Uh, looking forward to getting him on Tech Talk too. But it looks like uh, they're working with DigiKey to promote uh, push button switches and indicator selection because this is an article about selecting and using push button switches and indicators. And um, I don't know why they call it push button switches. I just say push buttons and indicators. I think we know that push buttons have context on them, right? Well, anyways, um, so they go through and all the different options you can get. This is good for somebody very junior who, who's never picked out, uh, you know, push buttons or uh, uh, pilot lights before. And uh, it kind of goes through the construction of it. And I think these diagrams, you can see these are pretty classic. I mean, most, most, uh, most of the ones I've used have very similar construction and so on. So, um, you know, I love the one that has the two, the double head with one hole. So I love it. And there's actually HMIs out there that use a single 22 millimeter hole for the HMI as well, which I think is very cool. Um, in any case, so if you have any junior people on your staff, this would probably be good reading for them. Um, from there, we go to, over to another article from RF Ideas. This talks about Wave ID supporting HID, employee badges, and student ID in Apple Wallet. And so just another in the line of password less IDs. And I think, you know, Apple Wallet is probably less, less uh, going to be less of use in the industrial plant floor, as is HID employee badges, right? So in any case, I did want to include that, though, in case you were looking for a supplier for those. Uh, from there, we have a new uh, technical article from Software Toolbox talking about their um, top server. And here they're talking about Modbus and why your values may be wrong. So if anybody's used Modbus, um, one of the big things you need to know is that addresses can either start at zero or one, right? And uh, so that's a pretty important thing. I know um, uh, with some Allen Bradley devices, like the VFD started at one and the PLC started at the other. So you had to offset them by one. And um, of course, then you have, of course, uh, you know, the order of bytes inside of uh, words and so on. So they go through all the different settings in here. And it looked like it was a um, pretty good article for that software. I don't have a copy of Top Server, but in any case, as far as upcoming events, um, we do have a new event for next week from Universal Robots. This is uh, on the 25th of January at uh, 1400. Now, it doesn't tell me what time zone it is, so I believe it's using my time zone, so 2 p.m. Eastern, I would imagine. Uh, 
And this is the eight breakthrough advancements in collaborative welding. So we've seen a lot about robotics and weldings over the last 12 months, 13 months, 14 months. And uh, this is a, a webinar all about it. It's completely free. So if you're interested, check that out. Uh, also, I found a new video from Premio. They're an industrial computer company featuring their SIO 200 series IP66 and IP69K stainless steel washdown touchscreen computers. Very interesting product line. You know, IP69K is very important in food um, processing and other applications. And um, they actually have a button so that on the on the back side of the panel, so that you can disable the touchscreen if you're going to be doing some washdowns, right? So in any case, it's completely uh, enclosed, uh, you know, 360 all the way around, has a quick disconnects on the back. And I thought it was an interesting video. Uh, from there, we go to downloads. We have new image downloads for the uh, unified comfort panels from Siemens. This is like the um, the complete uh, hard drive. I don't want to say hard drive. They don't have hard drives in them, but it's like a hard drive image, an image of a hard drive. So it's the entire image that you'll find on the internal memory not pictures, which is what I thought when I first heard about these things. Um, also, uh, the migration tool for TIA Portal, the latest version is out. Of course, V19 came out last year. So now there's a new migration tool for TIA Portal. And it talks about what it can migrate, you know, uh, Step 7 Professional 2010, Step 7 Version 5.5, WinCC 7.2, and so on. And the automation tool, Version 4 is being replaced with version 5, which came out last year. So uh, if you are looking for, if you're using the automation tool, then you'll definitely want to uh, check out version 5, which supersedes version 4. With that, we go over to Rockwell Automation. They have a new document detailing their power device library. Now, we talked about device libraries last week. These are, you know, we kind of think of Plant PAX when we think of these because these are the AOIs and faceplates for their devices, right? So for their products, unlike Plant PAX, which is like, you know, you have a, you know, all these different uh, um, uh, add-on instructions and faceplates for, you know, things like uh, integrating to a variable speed drive or, you know, uh, enhanced PIEDs or all these different things. And, you know, they typically have built-in trends and, uh, you know, permissions and all that really cool stuff. Um, but this specific brochure uh, manual Looks like it's 334 pages, just deals with the power devices. So when you're thinking about power devices, let's go over to the list here. Um, and here's the thing I like. They actually include these four, Studio 5000 View Designer, as well as Factory Talk View, right? So I know there's a lot of Factory Talk View users out there. I'm actually one, we own a copy here, we teach it. And, um, but you know, Studio 5000 View Designers, newer as well. What you don't see here, and I don't know if it's in the works or not. We've, we've tried to get the folks, the optics folks on, but, you know, maybe they'll add Factory Talk Optics in the future to this. But right now, Factory Talk View, MESE, and uh, Studio 5000 View Designer, Panel View 5000. And you can see here, we got it for the E300, SMCs. We got it for, um, what else do we have here? I think there's a lot here for the VFDs. We got the Armor Starts. We got the Power Flex. Uh, let's see what else here. Just a ton of add-on instructions and faceplates with trending and security and all kinds of stuff. I'm just going through here, trying to pick up the highlights and um, kinetics. Uh, just all, see, most of their power products are listed here. Everything from 
uh, power monitors to drives and so on. So very interesting stuff if you're using rock automation. From there, we go over to uh, we're staying in documentation, staying at Rockwell, and they have a new tech data on the PanelView 5310 graphic terminal. So that's the PanelView 5000 that we were talking about that you use Studio 5000 with. So um, that has been updated. Now, if we go over to Schneider, we can see that uh, we got a couple of new data sheets on their space logic sensors, the STP300 and STP500 series. And uh, over on Siemens, we've got an updated manual uh, operating instructions for Cinematics, Cymotics, uh S210 servo drive. So we talked about that a lot today. Version 6.3, the new version. And uh, we also have a new manual for their uh, IPC520A industrial computer. Uh, going over to our other science and technology section, uh, we get two articles here. The first one is uh, Daimler's new fuel cell powered semi large uh, truck there for uh, pulling trailers 18 wheelers and um you know this is hydrogen powered so when i saw hydrogen powered uh, semi tractor trailer i was like oh is that internal combustion or fuel cell this one's fuel cell and so they're taking the hydrogen and making electricity out of it right so either way whether you do an internal combustion engine or a fuel cell if you're using pure hydrogen, you're going to get just water and just going to get water as your uh, as your uh, byproduct, which is which is really right clean, right? So in any case, um, the interesting thing I thought about this one was this is their Gen H2 truck. Um, I thought what was interesting about it was that um, it also it's like a it's like a hybrid, so it also has a battery pack. It does like regenerative type charging for the battery. But you can also use the battery when you're going up like very steep hills. So it has that, um, that some of the best uh, features out of hybrid cars also as, as well as having a fuel cell, which to me makes sense because you can generate a lot of power. If you have a heavy load, you're going down a steep hill, you can, you can really charge up that battery before you go up the next one, right? And so it just seemed like really cool technology. So I wanted to share with you. I enjoyed the article. And then we also have another... Uh, Video Friday, so it's Tuesday, so we, we're catching Friday's uh, selection of videos. And I really enjoyed this one where the uh, robot makes um, coffee. This is the figure one humanoid robot. And um, I don't think I, oh, it is muted. And uh, very interesting, they say it took 10 hours to train it to, they, they're using a curry. They're saying that it took 10 hours to train it to make a cup of coffee. You can imagine that's from like zero program to like it working. And not just working, but also doing some error correction here. So sometimes, you know, if you use a Keurig, sometimes you put that, uh, that K-cup in. It doesn't always go in all the way, right? So they had to teach it, you know, how to uh, identify that, you know, with the vision cameras and whatnot. And try to, you know, nurse that, uh, that K-cup in if it goes in crooked. And um, in any case, one of the things about that, you know, they, a lot of times they do this very slowly. Because, you know, these are early days, so everything's kind of in slow motion. So I'd love to see them like triple the speed. I think it would be more useful if it was that fast. Um, there's some other videos in here, but the one I really wanted to focus on, and some of them were just uh, were just silly, but the Kepler robot. So I don't know if we've talked about Kepler before, but this is a new uh, humanoid-style robot, and uh, looked pretty interesting. And uh, they show it um, doing some tasks here, you know, articulating its fingers and its internal vision system and assembling parts. I still think the walking is very slow on this one. So um, they show it how it can uh, step on an egg without crushing it and so on. 
So um, we'll keep an eye, see if Kepler, uh, see if the Kepler uh, does has uh, more stuff to uh, to show us this year. But in any case, a lot of interesting videos in here. Um, I love sharing this with you because they always have cool stuff. But in any case, um, those humanoid robots, uh, I, I would, until I started following them last year, I didn't think we were anywhere close to them coming out, to the, coming out. But man, they're getting really close. So we're going to start seeing them, I think, in the next few years. I, definitely within five years, I think, you're going to start seeing them showing up in some of the bigger facilities. So they're already being produced. And we, we talked about that one company that's going to be making 10000 a year now in the new plant. So, you know, iRobot, right? <laughs> In any case, um, from there we go over to thank Siemens for making this episode ad-free. Really appreciate their sponsorship. Um, also, I want to thank uh, the folks over at automation.locals.com. We had one gentleman who reached out and said, look, I can't find anybody who has Panel Builder 1400 e-software. I got a 1200 package. I need to convert the 1400 so I can import it to Factory Talk View. I was like, buy me a coffee at Locals and I'll do the conversion for you. You know, it's like I have all that legacy stuff, haven't been in the industry for 33 years, so it literally took me a couple of minutes to do it for them. So um, in any case, if you have something like that, you think I can help, just uh, join our mem join the uh, group over there at automation.locals.com. You can follow for free as well. And I always try to uh, update everything I'm doing here, every podcast, every article I try to post over here too, so you can know what's going on over at Insights and Automation. And with that... Um, if you have, if you think I missed any news, because I know I don't catch it all, I, I get this uh, feeling like there's some vendors I'm not following. Although I, I've done a lot of research, I try to follow them all. Um, you can send it in over at uh, the news tip link over at theautomationblog.com or automate.news. Um, also, want to thank everybody who picked up either our eBooks or video collections. Every penny of profit goes right back into the show. Um, also, just a reminder: if you're new to the show, every single link. We've ever covered every story we've ever covered, every document, every tech note. Um, you'll find at automate.news. You'll see them uh, categorized by uh, what type it is, like is it an article? Um, we have over 3,000 different stories we've covered over the last, uh, let's say, 160 episodes. And you'll also see them by vendor now. I did go back at the end of the year and spent a couple of days uh, updating that. So all the vendors' lists should be correct now. And um, yeah, so share that. We're not, we're not worried about search engines indexing us. We just want to, what you can see, there's no Google ads here. We just want, um, you know, to make a useful site that people will use. And if you can share it with your friends and colleagues, um, please feel free to. Um, with that, let's go full screen here. That's the end of today's show. It's just turned eight o'clock according to my, uh, to my clock here in the office here on the East Coast. So uh, for those of you who have to go off to work, have an awesome day. For those of you who are watching after the fact, we appreciate you guys too because we know a lot of you have to do that. Um, we do have some uh, some people who have um, chatted in the uh, chat. I can see from uh, YouTube, we get a thumbs up from Automation Technologies Academy. Never heard of them, but hey, thank you for the thumbs up, guys. And uh, Frank is saying he makes instant coffee. Anything else is <laughs> anything else is confusing. So. Um, in any case, I do like my Keurig, but, uh, you know, when you're a surfer out there on the West Coast, sometimes you need your coffee to be simple, so I can see where it's coming from. In any case, uh, I do want to wish you all an awesome day. No matter what happens, remember, stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.